The late great Vin Scully used to say, statistics are used like a drunk uses a lamppost for support, not illumination. Did Caleb Williams' stats against Oregon State shine a light on a recent trend? That's what's coming up next on Locked On USC. You are Locked On Trojans, your daily podcast on the USC Trojans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Fight on, everyone. I'm your host, Mark Culkin, and thank you for making Locked On USC your first listen every day. Whether you're watching on YouTube or wherever you download your podcast, we're free. And I really, truly, truly do appreciate you coming along for the ride. Without you, this show means nothing. I'm wasting my time. And if you are watching on YouTube, see that uh, red subscribe button? Do me a favor. Click it. It means a lot more than you know. And I do appreciate it. If you're, uh, you just want to hear the voice, again, wherever you download your podcast or any platform, you can find us, Locked On USC, and you can always follow me on my Twitter at Mark Culkin, M-A-R-C-K-U-L-K-I-N. All right. Versus Oregon State, uh, Caleb Williams, look, he struggled at, th- at least in the passing game. Uh, he finished the game, what was it, 16 for 36. That's a 44% completion ration, complete ration percentage 180 yards only five yards per attempt one touchdown no picks two sacks so one of our uh, loyal viewers here on locked on usc uh, he decided to pull out the stat card to highlight caleb's final three games at oklahoma um as well as comparing it to this game against oregon state these were big games uh, playing against, you know, good defensive teams. So uh, in those three games that Caleb had uh, at Oklahoma, his last three games, uh, those were losses to Baylor, Oklahoma State, and they won against Iowa State. Now, uh, Baylor and Oklahoma State were both top 10 defensives, and um, Iowa State had a top 20 defense, according to the, to the statistics that were provided. Benefit of the doubt, we're going to run with those. In those three games combined, Caleb was 37 for 75 passing, which is uh, basically 49%. That ain't good. Uh, 481 yards. Uh, that's 160 per game. 6.4 yards per attempt. Four touchdowns, three picks, and 13 sacks. That tells you something. That tells me that uh, he wasn't comfortable back there in the pocket, whether he was holding on the ball too long or whether the offensive line just wasn't getting the job done. Uh, Caleb was eating a lot of dirt. 13 sacks over three games. Uh, that's over four per game. That hurts. You're you're not going to feel confident back there in the passing game, especially as a true freshman who has, at this point, remember, he only started six games at Oklahoma. So the final three would have been games four, five, and six. Context matters when you're using stats. Uh, we all like to use them when it helps our narrative. All right. So again, I dove a little deeper into those numbers. Uh, on the road, playing in the Bedlam game 
against Oklahoma State. Uh, the Cowboys beat the Sooners 37 to 33. In that game, Caleb was 20 for 39, 50%, just a little bit be better than 50%, 252 yards and three touchdowns. Okay. Uh, here's where you uh, said, all right, well, let's break it down even more. The game was tied at 24 at the half. And actually, Oklahoma led 33 to 24 entering the fourth quarter. Um, then again, their offense didn't do much of the scoring. Yeah, they had one touchdown, but that was after a fumble recovery. And their first two points came on the safety. That was their nine points in the second half. Uh, again, so since we're using stats, Oklahoma State, they entered that game ranked second nationally in scoring defense and third in total defense. Um, Caleb threw three touchdowns in the first half. And again, he's playing as a true freshman in Oklahoma's rivalry game. Oklahoma State, Bedlam, on the road. Remember, Oklahoma State wasn't invited to the SEC. Oklahoma was. They had a little bit extra incentive playing at home, wanting to make sure that uh, Oklahoma doesn't get the better of them again which they have typically do. Again, in that game, um, that game actually turned in Oklahoma State's favor when the Sooners' Eric Gray muffed a punt and Oklahoma State recovered it at the Sooners' five-yard line. Uh, I mentioned that the Sooners' offense did not score against Oklahoma State in the second half. Uh, their only points basically came um, with the safety and then they uh, they the fumble recovery. So, again, they struggled, but you're wondering yourself, how much did the offense, you know, how much of a role did the offensive line play in that game? Um, was Lincoln Riley being stubborn with his play calling? When you just look at the stats, it only tells you part of the story. Uh, Caleb's other loss, he was 10, you know, the Sooners went 10 and 2 in 2021. So their second loss came to Baylor again on the road. Um, that game was 27 to 14. And real quick uh, recap, uh, Oklahoma Sooners kicker, Gabe Rickett, Rich, Rickich, how do you pronounce? B-R-K-I-C. He was a third year kicker. Uh, he was 17 for 20 on the year and he had never missed multiple kicks in a game. Well, he missed two times before halftime, and he had plenty of leg on both of the kicks, one from 51 and one from 40 yards, and uh, each one went wide right, and it was uh, at the same end of the field as well. So, was the wind blowing that day? I don't know. I don't. I don't have that kind of memory. I don't. I watched bits and pieces of the game, uh, but again, I don't know what played a role in him missing two field goals when it seems like he was pretty consistent throughout the year until it came to a big game. Again, the final score was 27 to 14. And I do remember that uh, Baylor head coach Dave Aranda added a late field goal for cosmetic purposes. Um, you know, they were still in the playoff hunt and strength of schedule, you know, how the AP, how the AP voters vote. <clears throat> you know, they look at scores and, you know, how dominant were you? Uh, 27 to 14 looks better than 24 to 14. Anyways, um, 
And then the last game of the year against Iowa State, Oklahoma was at home. They did win that game. Uh, nevertheless, it was it, the score, final score was twenty-eight to twenty-one. But uh, what was not pointed out in the stats that were suggested for us to talk about was that Oklahoma that week had up to twenty players mispractice or weren't able to play in the game, or if they did play, were probably weren't playing, weren't feeling too well. Uh, they all had the flu that week. So, again, bottom line. Um, Stats are great, but uh, they don't tell the whole story. So whenever you're trying to put things into context, you know, let's remember this last year, especially, you know, because we now we're comparing it to what happened against Oregon State. Last year, he was a true freshman. He was starting his first handful of games. Uh, he, they were playing on the road in two of those. Both of their losses came on the road. Um, and they were coming against the best defenses in the country. So, you know, should we show Caleb a little latitude? You know, it's, a, it's a fair question, right? Uh, Lincoln Riley, when he was asked about Caleb's performance at Oregon State, because, again, we're wondering if this is a trend in big games. Uh, Coach Riley said it was just one of those nights. It's like a pitcher in baseball. Sometimes you don't have your best stuff, end quote. Um on his performance against Oregon State, it was just, again, one of those nights, yada, yada, yada. And then he also added, um, Caleb didn't play nearly to the level that Caleb expects himself to play at. And added, he didn't get coached as well as he should. Okay. I love the fact that Lincoln has his players back. Um, coaches should always take the blame or some of the blame and Lincoln did that. He's a he's a true coach's players coach. I don't think anybody will deny that. So let's you know what about Lincoln Riley though, and 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 how he performed against Oregon State. Was he out coached on Saturday? Um, did you know Oregon State's head coach Jonathan Smith was he better prepared uh, than Lincoln Riley's Trojans? Well, Lincoln did admit that uh, USC didn't handle the crowd noise at Reeser Stadium as well as they probably should have. He said that the uh, coaching staff didn't prepare the team as well as they should have and mentioned that teams usually bring their best against USC. So that sounds a lot like coach speak to me, but again, publicly, uh, you don't want your head coach ever throwing, throwing your guys under the bus. Every now and then you need to to kind of get their attention, uh, but you do appreciate the fact that... Um, Lincoln's taking much of the blame. Okay, so if that's the case, um, let's say Lincoln and the coaching staff were trying to figure things out in the first half. It was pretty obvious. You had them using up their timeouts basically at the end of the first quarter, let alone the first half. In the second half, um, after seeing what Oregon State did, uh, you know, as far as defensively to mix things up, the coach, I thought the coaching was fine in the second half. Um, at some point, the players have to execute, right? Regardless of how loud the stadium is. Uh, you know, then again, you know, if the if we're talking about Lincoln Riley, you know, there are some people who might say he's a little stubborn. Um, he might be too smart for his own good. I'm not saying that. Others have. Um, 
I, I think the word stubborn has been used maybe once in a while on occasion. Um, look, if the defense is going to play zone, drop seven or eight, you've got to just keep running the ball and you keep running it until they, until the defense adjusts. In other words, um, don't call, you know, pass plays and stick with that. If, if that's what uh, the defense is going to do. We, we know that USC struggled last year before Lincoln got here with that type of defense. And it looks like that might be the recipe for success uh, because I believe part of that was done in their games against Baylor, Oklahoma State, and as well as Iowa State. Good defenses are going to find a way to stop good offenses. So again, is this a trend? I guess we're going to have to find out. I'm not sure there's going to be a lot to... Uh, to take away um, from this next game against Arizona State, you know, as, at least as far as Kayla's progress is concerned. Um, but at least now it's in the back of our minds to keep an eye on it against good teams, against good defenses. So um, I guess we'll see what happens after this game. Everyone's assuming uh, USC is going to have a pretty solid bounce-back performance against ASU, at least offensively, as well as defensively. Uh, but more importantly, on offense to get the, to kind of just spit that bad taste out of their mouth from their last road trip. Remember, though, they're still two and zero in conference. Both of those wins on the road, four and zero overall. So, yeah, maybe you got a steak dinner and it wasn't cooked the way you asked for it, but you still got steak, right? So again, uh, we'll see what happens. If the same thing happens against Washington State and Utah, we will definitely re come back and, and address it, dive deeper into it, and maybe start uh, getting a little bit more critical and having to maybe accept some realities. <clears throat> Until then, though, um, why don't you head on over to Bet Online? Yep, you know what's coming up. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your betting info this season. You can find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. You can find out the uh, odds on the game USC hosting Arizona State. And as always, Bet Online remains your continued source for all of your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-date minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite games and events, including Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, I'm going to sneak a little bit of recruiting information into this show here. Thursday, we got a little bit to talk about. Um, you're going to want to head on over to wersc.com, though when you're done listening and watching to Locked on USC, because I'm not going to give you the good stuff for free. I'm just going to give you the stuff on the surface. Wouldn't be fair to our paying subscribers over there. But again, we do have a free one-week trial. Give it a shot. All right, so we are C's Scott Schrader, our recruiting guru. He's been in Virginia this week, back east, and he's been checking in on a few players, and he wanted to let everyone know that... Um, at Washington Liberty High School in Arlington, Virginia, he got a chance to check out defensive lineman Elijah Hughes. Uh, this is a co this is a player that Coach Sean Newa is really high on. Uh, Scott gave his opinion on what he saw. Again, 
head on over to wearerc.com. What I will tell you is the uh, young man will be taking an official visit this weekend to take in the SC Arizona State game. He's going to be joining Elijah Page. We talked about him last week on the show. The offensive lineman out of Arizona who decommitted from Notre Dame. Um, It's going to happen publicly soon. Also, um, Roderick Pleasant, the speedy DB defensive back from Sarah High School, Gardena, California. He, too, will be at the uh, at the game as a visitor. Who else is going to be there? Oh, from Manny, Louisiana, Tackett Curtis, linebacker, stud. Um, he's going to use his bye week, and he's going to come check out the game. And as uh, Scott Schrader was able to get a comment from him, USC's success on defense isn't lost on uh, on Tackett Curtis. In fact, he said, I loved it. They're playing great right now. I hope they keep it up and keep getting better and better and better. The team is coming together and real quick. They have guys from all over the country that came to USC and it's working out for them right now. Um, he, was, he was also asked, yes, sir, I watched both games. I think USC is in a great spot. The defense is flying around, making plays, and the offense seems unstoppable. I know uh, that they will continue to get better as the season goes. I enjoyed watching their first two games and was wishing I could have been there, out there with them. It looks like they're having a lot of fun. The linebackers look like they are constantly in a spot to make plays, which is awesome. I'm excited to watch them keep getting better and better. So there you go. USC recruiting, doing really well. Scott's going to keep you updated, checking in with uh, some of the commits throughout the season. You want more of that type of information, head on over to wersc.com. But again, when you're done with Locked On USC, because you're we're your first listen every day. Okay, so what did coach defensive coordinator Alex Grinch have to say after practice on Wednesday? On Corey Foreman, uh, he was asked specifically about Corey Foreman not playing in the game against Oregon State. Uh, Quote, yeah, just practice. Practice. Uh, Very clear, very concise, and to the point. (laughs) He said nothing else with regards to Foreman until he was pressed. Uh, He didn't want to say anything else about it until he was pressed, I guess is a better way to put it. Um, LA Times beat writer uh, Ryan Karchi, he did do a follow-up and he got the following response uh, from Grinch. The conversation isn't about Corey. The conversation is every guy in our program is being evaluated from an effort and an execution standpoint. If you play at a high level, if you compete at a high level, and you do so with extreme effort, we'll not only play you, but we'll start you and we'll champion you. You can insert name in front of, insert name behind. That's the expectation. Some guys are doing it and some guys aren't. uh, Doing it at the level we anticipate or expect them to. But today is another day. This week is another week. And we'll make decisions on Thursday in terms of rotation. So, look, um, going back to Grinch's first comment, Yeah, just practice, practice. Um, In coach speak, that means show me something. 
show me something that would make me want to put you in a game. And Ryan was able to kind of pull that long-winded answer out of out of Alex um, when he pressed him on the issue. <clears throat> For me, um, I can relate to uh, to what Alex Grinch was saying. Uh, he was asked about the defense and doing their jobs, and he said, you know, the mindset is, look, if you can do it once, you can do it twice, and if you can do it twice, you can do it three times. And that's the thing I love about Grinch. Uh, he uh, he and, 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 Al, and Coach Riley spoke earlier in the week, um, and Riley said, you know, the one thing that he likes about Alex, and this is what I appreciate as well, is that he's direct and he's honest. There's no BS sugarcoating. Um, I like to be coached that way. That's the way um, I used to coach as a high as a high school basketball coach. Yes, I did that for a quick minute. Um, <clears throat> I, I think when you coach that way, um, players they know where they stand. There's no ambiguity, uh, and I like that. Um, I don't like, um, I don't know, having, I'm, I'm just going to say, I'm not going to say what I don't like. I'll, I'll save that for another time because I want to make sure I put all my ducks in a row. And, and again, I don't want to be uh, taken out of context. So just getting back to, uh, to what Alex Grinch does again, um, when you are direct and you you make sure you the players know exactly where they stand, uh, they know what they have to do, and that's how I used to coach as well. Um, I actually had a run in with uh, one of my players, kicked him out of practice because he wanted his uh, he wanted to practice the way his dad was teaching how to practice. And you can't have that. So uh, once again, I love the fact that. Uh, Alex Grinch, clear, concise, to the point. He leaves no ambiguity. And because of that, um, I, I think you're starting to see this team really respond and trust the staff. The culture changed really quickly. So on that note, I think we're going to get out of here. I'm, I'm kind of looking for things to talk about. It's We're getting close to the end of the week, and... I'm going to have some more information for you, but until then, because you get locked on USC five days a week, when you're done here and before you head on over to uh, wearesc.com or whenever you have, whenever you have some spare time, go check out the uh, locked on pac 12 show with Spencer McLaughlin. And then you can also go check out locked on big 10 with their host, Nate Dickinson, because USC is going to be part of that conference sooner then later and you're going to need to be familiar with uh, those teams too all right I, we're out of here for this show we'll be back again tomorrow one more time and until then <laughs>